0: Hello and welcome to Young Folk Knits. My name is Casey and I'm Becky and this is a Very Yarning Podcast. Hello y'all and welcome to another episode of the Young Folk Knits Podcast. How are you doing Becky? I'm doing good. We had a nice cool day here in
1: Arkansas today so it lifted my spirit (laughs) beyond belief. (laughs) How are you?
0: It was like 20 degrees cooler almost than it was last week for a while today anyway. So that was awesome.
1: It was. It, it let me continue to have a will to live.
0: <laughs> we actually had a little thunderstorm that came through and we lost power, but it was so worth it because I love a, a summer thunder shower, a little thunder, thunder <laughs> a summer <laughs> thunderstorm, as long as it's not got torn activity, but I love to listen to the rain. So yeah, I'm good. I am super excited because we've been pulling watermelons out of our garden like crazy. We've got like 30 of them and they are so, so good. I think melons in general do well in our climate. They do, they do really nice.
1: There's not, I mean, tomatoes are delicious. Garden tomatoes are delicious here and they, they do okay but we just so humid that they don't, they don't love their life, but melons are just fine.
0: <laughs> yeah. They, they see, they're like, we'll take the humidity. And it's just fine. <laughs> Our tomatoes are not happy, but we're still getting quite a few anyway. How is your garden? Um, It's on
1: the brink of near death.
0: <laughs> I was say Maybe the rain and cooler temper- temperatures will help.
1: I hope so. I hope I get rain. We didn't get rain here. It just had cooler temps. I went out and watered today. But um, now I'm just at the point where I'm just like,
0: Godspeed, garden. <laughs> it has done its due. <laughs> right. So what have you been working on this week? Um, I started,
1: I started a hat for my husband. So I'm on the ribbing of that. And I got just maybe like two more inches on it. And then I'll start the pattern. And that's the Hat and Peak by Maxim Sear, by Max the Knitter. Um, I'm working on my tessellated vest by Andrew Mowry for our Rhinebeck Caravan Cow. And then today I sewed a top. So those are the things that I have been making
0: and doing. That is awesome. And our dog adventures continue. Your dog, Clover, got (laughs) a test for your vest this week.
1: Oh my goodness. I had my mom's little dog up here. She comes and visits me often she wanted to go outside. And so I just set my knitting down on the coffee table and my, that vest has three balls that you have to manage your yarn with. And, um, so I, I keep the way I've been doing it to help myself not get tangled up is I keep the two that I'm not using in the knitting bag on the floor. And then I keep the one I'm using in my lap. And so I just set the knitting onto the coffee table with the, the vest itself and the ball that I was using and the two remained on the floor. So there was like a nice little trail of, um, of yarn (laughs) going from the coffee table to the floor. And my big dog, she ran around the corner caught the, the yarn that was dangling down on her leg, walked around the coffee table about three times, pulled the knitting down, pulled the needles out and I lost a ton of stitches. And so it took me, a solid 45 minutes to get that back <laughs> on, you know, to to pull up all those stitches that were running down there <laughs> and to get that back on track. So, but alas, it was finished. And, and now I'm,
0: I'm moving on. <laughs> I was breathing through a paper bag for you. I was freaking out a little bit because I mean, even we talked about this before the tessellated vest is mosaic knitting it is a repeat with these three different yarns and it just feels like it takes a really long time because you basically are knitting every row more than once
1: right it's it is a slow going knit i am enjoying it i'm you know i do i love mosaic knitting and it's just in the round and it's not you know it's not difficult but it is it grows very slowly so i'm even having to put progress keepers on just to kind of keep morale up because i'm like this is going nowhere right (laughs) but but it is it is growing but it's it's a slow one but i do love your
0: colors i think it's gonna look awesome i think it's gonna look really good
1: thank you i'm Uh, loving it
0: i even think that the vest the colors in it will look cute with the top that you sewed today oh yeah probably i think it
1: will um just depends on whether or not those sleeves will fit in the best holes. I was like, you did short sleeves on the shirt, right? Right. And it, but it's like um not what do you call that? It's not really it's, a it's a, kind a, of drawn a drawn shoulder. shoulder. Yeah. And so it has its like grown-on sleeves and but I don't know if that will bunch up underneath there. We'll
0: see. We'll find out. We'll experiment. Right on later. <laughs> right. I have been working on my test knit and my hands have gotten to the point where I can knit again, which is amazing. I'm so happy. (laughs) But they do tire very easily. And I picked up my 100% cotton top that I was knitting. And I was just doing the ribbing, but it was a twisted rib. And within a few stitches, I was just in excruciating pain i thought okay i can't do this in fact i'm gonna i put that up in the bag and i'm not even gonna touch that project for a solid month and let any um tendon issues or anything else that i might be having besides just the joint stuff kind of ease up a little bit so i'm back on my test knit and it even though it is got some plant fiber content it's got the 50 percent merino so it is a lot easier on my hands then that 100 cotton was for sure so i am close to joining the shoulders it's bottom up which is not my favorite construction <laughs> but i think this is going to be really a really fun fit it's going to be like an oversized sweatshirt so it's been fun to knit on i've been doing some sewing too we're in our sewing
1: era right one the month the one month out of the year huh <laughs> exactly I saw your dress today because you sent me pictures and I looked at them, (laughs) Um, but your dress is so cute. I really, I wish it was mine. Super, super cute.
0: I really like it. And it's so easy because I sort of hacked a free pattern. So there's a top that's called the Augustina boxy top. And I got that and I just sized down because I didn't want it to be too oversized. And I cropped that shirt and then I just self-drafted a very simple, straight gathered skirt and put on it. And it's made out of 100% linen and it's very comfortable. And I want to make more. You should. It looks
1: really good on you. I think it's flattering and it looks incredibly comfortable and stylish. So that checks 3 boxes. And that's all the
0: boxes there are. And it it's that's it. So there will be more made. <laughs> you need to make that pattern for sure. You need to make I some I will. I will for sure. I will make that. All right. So let's look at a few questions that y'all have sent to us. Okay. So the first question comes from Christina
1: and she asks: Test knitting and test sewing seems to be both a popular and contentious practice. Will you chat about why you like testing designs, best and worst experiences? And the other question of a similar vein is from Chandra and she asks, Hot take. More popular slash well-known knitwear designers most of the time only have other popular slash well-known podcasters or designers or knitfluencers as their testers. Opinions? And she also follows that up with, also, she wants to add, no shade. I know it isn't always the case. I see that it's mutually beneficial for exposure.
0: Okay, so... First of all, there's multiple things in there. Um, Talking first about test knitting. The reason why I do test knit is because I am a joiner. (laughs) I do think that it's fun to join cows. And when you test knit, you're, you're sort of part of a group that I think is kind of fun. You're all knitting it together at the same time. And I also when I see something and I'm like oh I want to knit that I usually want to knit it right then (laughs) and I don't want to wait for the pattern to come out so those are two things that I like about test knitting I do think it's I guess you could say it's kind of fun to feel like you're you get access to something early which um, is special but also you know you do commit to a lot of work yourself most of the time you're buying yarn you're not provided it most of the time so you're going to buy your own yarn and then you're going to spend hours and hours and hours of your time knitting it so you're definitely contributing a lot to the process the pattern itself is probably going to cost somewhere between six and ten dollars and a sample knitter would get paid a lot more than that for their time so i do think that you Um, as a test knitter are definitely contributing. One thing I will say is that it is a different experience for who you're testing for. A lot of designers don't have the funds to have their patterns tech edited yet when they're first starting out, whereas a lot of well-established popular designers will have their patterns tech edited. Those are two totally different experiences. If a t- pattern has been tech edited, you aren't supposed to be finding errors. You're basically just testing it to make sure that the fit is what it should be. And you're, you should have a similar experience once you buy it. If you test a pattern and it has not been tech edited, then you're putting a lot more work into it. Um, when you've tested before, what, what have you done? Have they been tech edited or have you mainly tested non-tech edited patterns? I hesitate to say that I'm not going to say the
1: designer. I think I'm pretty sure for one of them, it was not tech edited. Um, But the other two, I believe, well, no, I think only one that I have knit before has been tech edited. So I've only, I've only done three test knits. I haven't done a ton of test knits. And so, um, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that, um, I'm less of a joiner. (laughs) I do, I do enjoy like cows and things like that, but I feel, um, I put pressure on my, like more pressure on myself than probably is what, what is necessary for test knitting. So, so that kind of, I get like kind of anxious about it. So, uh, that's beside the point, but that's one of the reasons why I don't test it that often. Um, but one pattern for sure I know was was tech edited because it was for a, a more, um, not popular, but more experienced designer. Um, and I actually, f- I did find a small error in that pattern, but I think everyone did at the same time. And I think even the designer found it at the same time. <laughs> so it wasn't that big of a deal. I would just have to say, I've only done three test nets. And all three of the designers, whether they had a tech editor or not, were very professional and the pattern was done the pattern was very thorough to begin with so I didn't really have to put in a lot of work and that's just my experience with those three. I've not done so much like you have or other people. Um but the three um the three designers that I tested for they were very um
0: meticulous with their pattern before they even sent it out. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about pros and cons. One thing that could be a pro or a con for you, depending on who it is, is the fact that a lot of times the designer expects the testers to take good pictures of the finished product, Usually, they prefer styled pictures and they want you to post that on your social media for other people to see. Now, for some people, that is hugely stressful. They don't want to do it, it's a lot of pressure. Um, For me, it depends. I love taking pictures of other people or of things i don't like as much taking pictures of myself so that is not my favorite part of it but i will at least get a picture of the finished garment whether it's on me or not but what do you think about that part of it is that part of it a pro or a con to you the pictures um probably a con just because
1: i don't feel very confident in my photography skills but I do have a BFF that takes very good pictures. And so she takes them for me sometimes. And then um, Maddie, my daughter-in-law, also takes good pictures. So she's done that for me as well. So I kind of have that kind of pressure is off me a little bit just because I I get you guys to do it for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I also, something I either find a pro or a con depending on – the month is that the deadline is sometimes the only way I get something finished. <laughs> sometimes I need a test a deadline to help me actually finish something. But that can also be a lot of pressure. Things come up and you might not be able to finish on time. So that's definitely could be a pro or con as well, I think, for people.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a motivator. Um, sometimes it's too, like, I not too much motivation, but that's just like, all I'm thinking about, like, am I going to get it done? Am I going to get it done? Am I going to get it done? And, the, and like I said, there's only been three times, but I have never been like the last few minutes of the deadline. It's always been quite some time before I get it finished, but that's just me. I do it to myself. Um. But what you mentioned about taking good pictures and I can see why certain designers want to have more popular, not really popular, but more well-known Um podcasters or test knitters or whatever you want to call them people on Instagram or Ravelry people play people that have a larger following um, not just because they want like somebody who's cool or someone who's popular I think it's just mainly for the reason that they want to have their um, pattern they want the best chance for that to have success so they want to use that as an advertisement so the more followers a person has the more likely they're going to see your pattern that you're putting out. So I can see that's the reason why um, they will pick people who have larger followings. And I don't think that it's a shade or I don't think that they look down on people who don't have a large following. It's just that they, they, that's their livelihood. They would like to make some money off of the hard work they've put in. And so they want more people to see it.
0: Yeah, exactly, and a lot of times, in fact, on almost every and application, it will ask for your Instagram handle, and I think that that's because um, the designer is going to get exposure from you. You post pictures of their design, and um, they'll share your picture as well. So it is mutually beneficial if you're trying to get that exposure. But I think it's of utmost important to the designer to get to get their design out to as many people as possible. So I don't, yeah, I don't think that it, you know, they think, oh, if you don't have as many followers, you're not as good of a knitter. I think that in the end, it just comes down to, are your pictures something that fit in with their aesthetic? Might they even be able to use pictures that you as a tester would take on their rivalry page? They no doubt think about all of those things. Right.
1: And And I will say that some of the designers that I've noticed Um, one that I've test knit for as well. I don't have that many people that follow me on Instagram and I still was chosen. And I noticed that several designers will pick people who have larger followings, people who are well-known, but they will pick other people, like people who don't have much of a following, but have a good experience with knitting or are beginner knitters. I mean, sometimes you think, well, I have to be experienced, but sometimes test knitters will also pick people who don't have as much experience because they want to see whether or not those people can also understand and follow their pattern. So I think you don't have to feel like you you'll never have a chance because you're not advanced or you're not this, or you're not that. Sometimes I think they want to pick people who maybe are of your size. Maybe you're a different size than all the, you know, the test centers that have applied, you know, that they've already picked from, or maybe they want to see that if someone has um, a skill level that's lower can still follow the pattern.
0: That is such a good point. That's something else I was thinking about is that too, it might have to do with what size you are. If you're of the most popular size, they can't pick 30 people to test one size and then have no other testers for the other sizes. So if you're able to test in one of the lesser popular sizes, you have a much better chance. I usually test in a size five, but sometimes if I think that a pattern it's gonna be hard to be able to get into the testnet. I might even submit for the six and I'll I'll test that size because it would be more of a chance for me to get to test it. So there's always that factor too. There's just so much that goes into it. But I think too, getting in early is important to be able to, to get picked because sometimes once they get enough testers to fill each size, they'll just shut it down and it might not have anything to do with anybody. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? And I don't think that I don't think you should
1: take it personally if you don't get picked. I've applied for several um, test nets and I've not been picked, and it's and it's nothing personal. It really isn't. You can still make those things <laughs> whenever the whenever the pattern comes out, and and then it's even better for you sometimes too because then sometimes I've wanted to test knit something, and then I see it come out and it's beautiful, but then I see it on people who are of my shape. And size, like uh, I'll see it on some people that we're probably the same height, we definitely look like we're the same build. And then I'll be like, that doesn't look as good as I thought it was on me. <laughs> so sometimes you just you kind of look out with that too. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Thank goodness for testers pictures. I do think that, you know, testers in general, they provide some great info. Um, it's so great to be able to look at a Ravelry page and see lots of different bodies, lots of different sizes. So I think that I do think that's great, but I know that sometimes it can feel like maybe it's an exclusive club and I don't think it is. I think that if you, Um, take pictures of yourself wearing your knits, post your knits on Instagram, make your Instagram profile public, sign up for newsletters so that you can be one of the first to apply. You can see immediately when it comes out. Um, All of those things can help you get chosen. So I would recommend doing that. Good tips. All right, so our next question is from Rachel, and she says, I'm going to be casting on my very first colorwork sweater soon. What are your tips for a colorwork first timer that also knits English style? All right, Becky, you're English style, I'm English style. So what tips do we have? I would say,
1: my one of my favorite tips, um, actually you, you gave me, and it's when you are, <laughs> I gotta, now I gotta find words it's to stretch your stitches out on the on your needle on your right hand needle the stitches that you've already knit pull them down and stretch them out as you are knitting into the stitch the live stitches or the stitches that you're about to knit on the left hand needle that will ensure that the floats on the back are getting enough yarn it just kind of keeps you from getting puckering it has enough the float has enough room to actually float back there not just be like strangled tight and then you'll, you won't you will have the puckering and the waving. And that was something that Miss Casey taught me.
0: No, I think that is a great tip because a lot of times, especially if you're a beginner at color work, you're a little bit nervous and you're kind of pulling everything tight. And then when you go to, to block your sweater, you really can't even unblock that tightness in um, socks, sweater, whatever it is. So definitely I've kind of got... It's second nature. I don't even realize it now because I made myself do it, but I'll knit a few stitches and then I pull. I'll knit a few stitches and then I pull. And I'm pulling on my right hand needle because that keeps the, that keeps the float from getting really tight and pulling it all together. So yes, I completely agree. The other tip that I would have is make sure before you start, you need to identify what your uh, main color is and what your contrast color is because you need to always hold your main color in one hand and your contrast color in the other hands and if you don't do that if you hold it in the same hand then you need to always drop it so that um one of those colors the same one is is always going to be more prominent so there's a lot of youtube videos i will actually link some in the description of this podcast because i would highly recommend thinking about that before you start i even have a video where i chat about that so i will link that as well i think that's one of the more important things if you don't want your color work to look muddy another
1: tip is make sure you're choosing the right yarn like sometimes your real smooth yarns or your super wash yarns or things like that are not going to um, fuzz up enough or kind of like get in there and stick together where it kind of like fills in those little spaces and gaps. And so you'll see, sometimes you'll see the yarn, the other color behind there, or you'll see it just because you don't have enough of that wooly wool really to kind of, to kind of bloom and fill in those spaces and so I would make sure that you definitely do a swatch of it to see how that washes up and how that looks because you might be disappointed with how the yarn, I guess, blooms or doesn't bloom.
0: Uh, another thing, too, is catching your floats. I think that once you have been knitting color work for a while, I think that. The so-called rule of catching every five to seven stitches, you don't, you don't even have to do that. I think sometimes you can go, I go 10 stitches sometimes without catching my floats, but as a newer color work knitter you are in a huge danger of cinching your stitches big time if you go too far without catching your floats so if you have any floats that are more than like five stitches i would catch them for now and then as you knit more color work you can kind of see what works for you and what doesn't work for you on how often to catch your floats i concur that's all i got for now (laughs) 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 all right thank y'all so much for submitting your questions and topics don't forget that if you have a question or topic you would like becky and i to chat about that you can visit youngfolkknits.com and there is a submission form so we can see what y'all are interested in hearing about becky why don't you tell them where they can find you on instagram Uh, you can find me at a.handknit.letter and you can find me at youngfolk.knits So until next time, happy knitting, y'all. Happy knitting.